Hawe, hola, And Why? now we wait to see if Endo puts us in the right spot in terms of webcams or if I'm him again. That's for I'm the... just going to start the episode <laughs> yeah. with everyone randomly just tripping out different areas. God, that's for those who listen to that or watch the video portion. For those of you listening and for those of you watching, screw it. This is the intro now. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Tukey's Take Podcast. We are back, us, the guys, the fellas, plus one today as I am here with Mr. Sim for the win. Sin, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How, how's how, a week, almost a week <laughs> on? How is yeah. life readjusting to California going? Oh, it sucks. Um, it's hot <laughs> as hell here. And I started to smell smoke yesterday. And I was like, oh, great. Here we go. Mm. Whole state's going to be on fire again. And uh, the good news is my lease is up in November. I can go month to month from there. And uh, I'm very, very seriously considering moving to Finland. So we'll see if I am able to do that next May or June. And if I decide to do that, I'm going to visit again in the winter to see how much I like it. That's, <laughs> see if that's I can the handle big it. Test. Yeah, you love yeah. it in summer when uh-huh. the sun rises at five in the morning and sets at 10 p.m. But yeah. in the winter, when it rises at five in the morning and sets by lunch, <laughs> will you love it at that? No, point? it's more like 10 p.m. to 3 p.m. Like it's or, like or that, 10 a.m. Yeah. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Yeah, it's pretty rough, but yeah, it's, yeah that's it's what I got. Rough. That's that's the ultimate test. But I mean, living in a city for near the same rent I pay right now, in a good city too, like a city that works, it's amazing. Yeah, I think. I mean, you won't even necessarily need a car. So yeah, you save money right then and there. Yeah, I'd be Crazy saving like 400 a month. And probably 500 more than that because of gas prices. This <laughs> podcast brought to you by the uh, Finnish Tourism. Yeah. <laughs> the Finnish Tourism Board. And the HSL app. <laughs> <laughs> we are also here with Mr. Endo Mills, the pride of Toronto. Endo, how are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I brought popcorn as tradition when it was big news and a lot of stuff to talk about. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Um, y- yeah, that's it. Yeah. And also joining us here today. It's been a long time coming. We have been trying to get this man on the show for almost a month, but then Roger's internet dies and this happens in time shortages, but he's here now. You will know him on Twitch through the name Big Nate. I know him as Nate the Great. Nate is here with us today as a reward for being the top donor in my most recent charity stream on Twitch. You were... A, a monster, a machine back in December for that first charity stream. Good Lord. Uh, if there's anybody who deserves to be on this podcast, sir, it is you. Welcome aboard. Happy to have you. Thank you for having me here. It's been an adventure just to get me here, but I'm here and let's have some fun with talking about the abs and now they miss on right. And then uh, <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yeah, and I mean, Sin will take shots at French Canadians, and that'll make things awkward. And then Endo's a Leafs fan, and I'm a Bruins fan, so it's all just already extremely, extremely. Yeah, the odds are not in his favor right now. (laughs) Yeah, and but Finland, where it is in Africa, I don't know where Finland is. I will take shots at Finns. It's fine. Well, I mean, if you take shots at Finns, though, that might uh, that might offend Sin. Yeah, <laughs> take shots at me. I'll take shots at him. That's that, and that's the way of the podcast. It very much is. Well, it's also the way of the podcast is mentioning that this podcast is brought to you by our lovely friends at Manscaped. You can use code Tuki at checkout for twenty percent off your order and free worldwide shipping. Because, well, they have circular deodorant. What more do you need? Yeah. To know? What else can they do for it. you? A lot. 
but the most important thing is circular deodorant. I don't know where I put my circular deodorant. I'm mad. I'm so mad. I can't find that. You order more, and you can use the code too. When you do, I will probably screwed it out and it plopped out again. That was hilarious when that happened. (laughs) I'm gonna find it for next for next week's podcast. Fair enough. So again, big shout out to Manscaped. Big shout out to all of you uh, for listening and or watching to the show. And of course, a big shout out as well to those of you that left us some viewer questions to kick things off. Again, the link to the Discord in the description, whether on the audio side of things or on YouTube, of course. And our first question comes from Ender. Who is the bigger Habs hater, Tugi or Endo? I feel insulted that you didn't uh, put Sin on this list. I am yeah. too. I saw that question and I'm like, fuck Ender, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the name and I'm like, fuck Ender, dude. <laughs> Did you mean oh, the question? No. <laughs> so, Nate, in your opinion, out of the three of us and Ender, throw Ender into the mix, who is the biggest Habs hater of the four? Okay. Um,. I'll say Tugi. Ouch. It, it hurts, right? It does. It hurts, right? How I mean, dare Boston... you, though, sir? <laughs> Bye! Okay. How dare you? On the... you? He paid this? for that, Rogers. I paid for this. There's another one, too. How dare you? How, how, many, of the, how many of these can Cinerendo hold up? He I'm legitimately double. paid for that. That's the I'm thing. Double too. fist and Habs jerseys. <laughs> I have two Habs jerseys, for God's sakes. <laughs> Not I mean, a shame, right? Habs jersey. Look. You're you a Bruins fan. One I gave you That's as well. That's the too, only right? answer I have. You're a Bruins fan. Fair enough. But I'll allow it. you have Bergeron, and Bergeron is the best player. In do the game, we? So. Do we have, have Bergeron? We'll talk about that in a little bit. So oh <laughs> don't boy. Don't worry. <laughs> Although that said, I don't know if, if Nate still feels like I'm the biggest Habs hater. If I do get to a Habs game up in Montreal, either at the end of this year or early next year, I might be in trouble. Maybe I will just wear the Bruins stuff just to just to agitate. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. I'll come find you with my hockey <laughs> stick. I'll, I'll buy Sorry. my Shane Wright Habs jersey and wear it proudly. <laughs> oh, my oh. God. Oh. <laughs> just the worst jersey foul on the planet. Oh. <sighs> God. So the next question was from Broken Wheelchair. And Nate, I'll, I'll leave this open to you because, again, we wanted to get you on the show right after the draft. Your reaction as a Habs fan to Slavkovsky over Wright, how did you feel in the moment? And how do you feel now a few weeks later? Because I'm sure, like, obviously the shock of it's probably settled a little bit. Okay. So, little story. Uh, I was watching the draft. So, obviously, it's not Montreal. I need to watch the draft, watching with the roommates. And we made bets. And I bet on Slavkovsky over Wright. And I was right. And then I was I bet on Nemec on second because the Devils didn't didn't need a goddamn center. They have both they have two amazing prospect mm-hmm. center coming from. So Nemec second. Nemec go second. Third. Oh, it's gonna be cool. And you watch right go four. And that's what happened. I was okay. Four Vegas right right hates him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right is an amazing player. But in Montreal, the problem is always, always, and it will always be the goddamn media. The goddamn question from the journalists, the writers, everything. Everything is so under, like, so many eyes that if someone cannot take the heat, he's going to be bad. And right with the answers he's given and with the 
all the um, all the interviews he got, and then we got some news about all the interviews with the um, with the camp went, and that just means Sarkovsky was the right choice. Yeah, so. I mean, I feel like I feel like that. You know, it's not necessarily an underrated point, but it is always a, a, a factor with any player yeah. in Montreal. I had obviously Toronto to that list as well. Is I think you do have to look at the mental game more than uh, more than you typically would anywhere else. But so someone saying I am the obvious first choice and should be anyone else. That's a big red flag. Like, yeah, like this ego, but that's too much ego, in my opinion. Fair enough. I know a lot of people who uh, enjoy the confidence, but like you said, there is kind of a, a fine line to that. Uh, your reaction, I guess, to the draft and the the Habs off season in general. Obviously, there's a, a trade that we're going to be able to talk about here in a little yeah. bit when we uh, get to talking about Pittsburgh. But just as a Habs fan, how are you feeling? Because Obviously, it's been a weird 14 months or so for that team. Like, again, yeah. the, the mythical run to the cup final. It's like you, you kept Bergevin for all of like an extra month or two, which, you know, you probably, yeah. you probably was going to be gone if they didn't have that run to the, to the final. But honest, and now, yes. now you're in the situation, new leadership, new head coach. From the outside looking in, I think we all kind of agree, like, yeah, things are, things are back on track. They're not going to be good anytime soon, but... I mean, I'm, I'm personally with, you know, Don Sweeney at the helm of the Bruins. I'm a little bit envious looking at Montreal right now. Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, but yeah, the trade announced on the big place with Batman saying there's two trades to announce. They both involve Montreal. I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. What is this? And then pick, send Romanov to the Islanders for the first round pick slash for the fourth. And then just training that's like Romanov would like him. He was a good defenseman and it's gonna be very good for the Islanders. That core, that core for D will be great. And then they they trade that third 13, like no way to get to the to fifth round and pick someone <laughs> at that mm-hmm. place. And they trade for Kirby Dak, which maybe didn't get his wings up in Chicago because he was under Taze, Kane. All that big talent of the Brinkat. But he has a place in the rebuild with Montreal. Thousand percent. And as a second center for for the abs, he's gonna be great behind Suzuki. Yeah. I just think in general they're in a they're in a much better spot. They uh they were unorthodox in the ways that they got there, but if if it's if it's not Montreal, it's Montreal. Montreal and unorthodox in a lot of ways go hand in hand. So I think it's it's a perfectly fitting kind of rebuild for them right now. They are the one team in the Atlantic that I, I cannot see with any hope in hell of making the playoffs next year. Yeah, but the rebuild's going pretty damn strong so far. Again, from yeah. the outside looking in, and apparently internally too. I think we'll be good, but the problem is the Atlantic is too good. That's mm-hmm. the problem we have. Like the the strength of the Atlantic has been always the, these years. Like you get ninety points and still don't make the playoff, and then in the West, the, the team with like eighty two points is making like the playoff as a third seed. Like mm. it's always like this with the Atlantic. And but I was on my knees when they uh, announced the Kirby Doc trade. I was on my knees in my living room screaming, like there was like. God appearing in the sky and something like this. <laughs> Kirby Doc is something else, and like it's a 
it's their first round pick was their third pick overall he's still a third round pick he has the talent you there wasn't reason why he was picked there yeah and in montreal with the new like training and like player development they want to do he's gonna get there a thousand percent and there was something you wanted to say yeah i was completely taken aback uh when they announced the trade um because i think everyone in that building was thinking holy crap we just announced the trade why are we gonna like like I, I thought they're gonna go up and big like grab a, like a first like the top and pick up Slavkovsky and Wright and pull some crazy ass stunt where it's like you know what we'll grab both why not and I was just blown away that it just it just kept going um, I yeah it, I'm glad to see Montreal developing now um, taking a bit step back to figure out everything and uh, yeah. It's going to be really, really weird to see the Atlantic being super competitive and that was like one team that's going to like not maybe make it as far. Yeah. Yeah. Our final question comes from Hawks. I think we've had similar questions like this before, but I, I felt like we could incorporate this into something. What logos and or uniforms do you want to see make a return to the NHL? And what I mean by that is uh, Jay Fresh, funny enough, at Jay Fresh Hockey, uh, recently conducted a poll on Twitter. He just posted the results today. Um, and people voted on their, their favorite and least favorite current logo, but also the vintage logos as well. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this to the surprise of nobody, the most, the the most favorited old logo that is no longer used is the old Anaheim Mighty Ducks logo. I feel like everyone's going to like, that's literally, uh, the Ducks finished 32nd dead last in the current logo rankings. But their vintage logo is the most liked. That is the most obvious shout ever for like what team desperately needs to switch. Like who isn't going to answer that? Like there are other logos for sure and other jerseys I think that we can mention, especially for each of our favorite teams. But at the same time, in a general sense, no. Who I don't mind the Ducks look, but everyone else on Earth seems to hate it. So I can kind of just agree. Like yeah, no, it's going to change sooner rather than later. It's not bad, but it's just. It's a step know, down from what like, was how do you yeah how do you go from like really really good to to that like it's such a weird rebranding and uh, yeah it's completely weird it's because you go from like like since said one one thing is it's great that we saw the comeback to the reverse retro and it makes you really look at what could offer and what they have in the repertoire but yet they go out with this little web foot kind of design. I think they should definitely go back and relook at their older stuff. And you can you can merge the two. They remember they had that mock up one where it was like the old logo with the new modern style and it looked fine. Yeah, I I own that jersey because of course I do. <laughs> it wasn't even a mock up. It's one of their alternates. Is it on my wall? The orange? Yeah, it's the Getzlaff yeah, one. It's the it's I have a Getzlaff up on my wall. Yeah. It's it's that logo and it's awesome. So there's nothing so. wrong with it, and it shows that like people like that because it, it clearly has sold well. Because Tuki has one of them, he might get two eventually at one point. <laughs> one of him. five in existence that have been purchased. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So like it makes you really think. Another one too. I saw that list as well. Controversial, but uh, the the Blackhawks logo was like kind of like in the middle of the pack, where it's like, oh, we kind of like it, but we don't. Twenty third, yeah. Yeah, because of like the connotations towards Chief Blackhawk and then like the Blackhawk like brigade, like the whole history reason why it's the Blackhawks. Um, 
I think I still think it's time for a rechange with that. You know, you're retooling your entire organization. You've done with a lot of bullshit lately with stuff that should have happened in the first place. I think the best way to go from here is to just move on from that. Yeah, Nate, go ahead, man. Yeah, exactly. Like Endo said, like with the Blackhawks, they need to do the rebrand. Uh, you're, you're changing the full the full team. Do a full rebrand. You're you're done. It's done. Turn the page. Turn the yeah. full page. Exactly. I can't wait to uh, be accused of only bringing on guests that are going to echo my sentiments on top. <laughs> echo chamber. Fine. Okay, they should change a Boston Bruins sign. To, I to agree. It. Make it a there. D. D for Don. <laughs> Change a B for a D in the middle. That's it. That's, That's the rebrand. Do. D for Don, D for Dick, if they don't bring back Patrice Bergeron. Again, we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But again, thank you. Uh, first and foremost, everybody, again, for the questions. Before we get into our general uh, kind of talking points today, I had to bring this up uh, because there were continued uh, developments, obviously, in the Hockey Canada story at literally on a daily basis. There are updates to this. And, you know, this is kind of the opinion that I've had for about a year now in regards to, I'm going to call it a controversial topic, but more so it's an ongoing developing news story. Um, I know, I can imagine, we have two Canadians in here. I'm certainly paying attention to it. I know Sin's paying attention to it as well. Um, Trying but, not to. Right, because of how fucking depressing it is. But we obviously can't like over dissect what's going on. Um, someone like Rick, uh, Rick Westhead in his spot on the Steve Dangle podcast, he can, given that he is directly covering and reporting on the story, but we can't really add anything to it aside from personal opinion or just kind of regurgitating information that's already out there, uh, which obviously we surmise the situation as this is fucked. I at least like to reference a story like this when it's out there um, rather than just keeping it off the show entirely because I don't want anyone to think that we're like ignoring it or that I don't view it as big enough to cover on yeah. the show. But there's still so much to be uh, decided in just the next week or so alone with hearings that are being held. Again, there, there's still a lot out there. And obviously every single player involved is going to say, no, I didn't do it because that's how society works you deny until you can no longer deny it so it, there's not really much to touch up on uh with that subject but again just wanted to note like yes we are aware of what's going on and the continued developments there but for this podcast at least there's not too much that we can add there um but with that we will talk about some of the other things that happened here uh and obviously free agency is still ongoing even though the last five days maybe even six since last wednesday have been uh boring Boring as hell. Uh, highlighted by the signings since last Friday. First and foremost, Pierre Engvall is staying yeah. with the Toronto Maple Leafs on a one-year deal. We're $2.25 million. Endo, your thoughts on Pierre Engvall staying with the Leafs? Great signing. Um, I have a feeling that um, because of they still have to sign Sandine, people are mm -hmm. saying Kerfoot's going to get moved. Which, I mean, it does make sense because they have guys who can, in the system who can replace Kerfoot. Engvall, I'm not really sure. He plays a really different type of game because he is kind of like that long body. Like, the guy's, the guy's a goddamn giraffe. Like, like if you've seen him, like, play, he looks like a giraffe. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. You know, like, the, the GameStop, like, copy that meme with the guy with the long neck? Yeah, that's, that's just Pierre Engvall. Um, it's weird because... 
like a guy like like his with his stature, you you think it wouldn't work out that well with his play style. Where like sometimes he'll just go up the ice and just kind of be there and be like a nuisance, and then other times he's going between the legs to like make some crazy moves. You'd see like a top six forward score. Um, I think Engvall wanted to stay with Toronto too, and that's why I think they went with arbitration. Uh, they were going to go to arbitration, but they made a deal right beforehand because I think with his value, he would have gotten a little bit more than what the Leafs could afford. Um, and we'll talk about the rest of the guys who are going through arbitration because uh, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, and definitely has had a bit of an effect on free agency. Um, worth noting here as well, uh, Vitek Vanacek, who was acquired by the Devils, via arbitration gets awarded a three-year deal worth $3.4 million. That's... Uh, that's a pricey one, uh, especially if Jonathan Bernier doesn't go to LTIR. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers have signed Matthias Yanmark for one year, just over a million. Um, one of the things noted, of course, if you listen to the last episode, we did have some technical issues with that one. Unfortunately, lost a chunk of what we had talked about. Uh, what Endo thought originally was Florida to Pittsburgh. Turned out it was Edmonton to Pittsburgh. So last episode, we didn't actually talk about Edmonton at all. Uh, but yeah, boys, sorry. correct me if I'm wrong. The general gist of it was, yeah, you guys are doing pretty well. A lot of it is because Ken Holland's uh, own mistakes. Um, Duncan Keith retiring. You know, hey, that kind of solved itself, didn't it? But yeah, for the most part, they've had a much, much better offseason. You get to keep uh, Evander Kane for five million bucks because He's well. He's not a five million dollar player. He should be a seven or eight million dollar player, but he only has himself to blame for that. But Edmonton yep. in general have had a really good off season, I think, by by Ken Holland standards. Yeah, they so they haven't gotten worse, and they <laughs> that's that's already better for by by his standards. Yeah, and I mean with Mike Smith uh, going to LTIR more than likely, and now goaltending is going to be Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner. Like that's already kind of an improvement, right then mm-hmm. and there. The San Jose Sharks have made two signings. Luke Koonin, yeah. two years at $2.75 million after Garbage. being acquired from Nashville for John Leonard. Uh, Sin, I have Luke Koonin rated as a 76 on my custom rosters right now. That's um, generous. <laughs> <laughs> and the other signing via arbitration, Capo Kakinen becomes the third Sharks goaltender to be making more than $2 million. He gets a two-year deal worth $2.75 mil. Sin, Good your deal. thoughts. That's a good deal for Kapokakinen. It was a smaller sample size, but he had like a 919 for San Jose in the games that he played for him, and he got yanked twice. So just FYI, he still maintained a 9. All right, maybe it's a 916 and not a 919. Either way, it's above a 915, which is a fucking godsend for San Jose Sharks in, in the net. Um, <laughs> the Luke Kunin deal is awful, and it makes the Pierre Ingvall deal look great. Um, yeah, thank you. I don't know how the fuck you sign him for this amount just Play, to see like have to, but that's not even via arbitration was he gonna get yeah. more in arbitration because he has a ton of games played or something like i don't so- understand it sounds like it yeah <laughs> that's bullshit um it's it's a terrible deal you freed up this cap space you still don't have ferraro signed but you signed luke coon in a two two seven five that's a yeah joke. That was that was my kind of initial reaction. It's like you freed up this cap space, and then so much of it just kind of goes to the wayside. The Sharks right now, by the way, have $1.3 million in cap space. I don't know if anyone's Ferraro going side. immediately to IR, but they have Ferraro, Shemilevsky, Gadjevich, Gregor, and Lawrence to sign. Uh, Nate, what about the yeah. Sharks here? Um, for the Sharks, to be, to be honest, with Luke Conn, and Luke Conn was playing what? Middle six? 
second, third liner for Naj- uh, for Nashville. Bottom six. Bottom, bottom, yeah, bottom six, six even. I'm gonna say bottom six even. Played. But with Col- uh, with Naj- uh, Nashville, with San Jose right now, he's basically on the second slash third line, making 2.75. So <laughs> less shelter yeah. minute, maybe breakout this year, maybe a good contract for the next two years, and then you flip him off. So cap friendly right now, and granted, this is just their best guesswork. Mm-hmm. Cap friendly has San Jose's depth chart as this: Meyer, Hurdle, Barabanov. Sin, does that sound about right to you? Yep. Second line: LeBanc, Couture, Kunin. No, because his his competition at right wing is at least natural right wings. LeBanc, if he switches sides, Noah Gregor and Stephen Lawrence, maybe Jonah Gadjevich. They got a real shortage of natural Lebanc righties. On the left side. Hmm. Why is LeBanc on the left side? Because they have a shortage of left wings too. <laughs> third <laughs> no, line don't. is third line is Lindblom, Bonino, Gregor. Fourth line VL, Sturm. So and fuck William Eklund. Uh, well, I, like I said, it, it's presumptive, <laughs> and yeah, we that don't man, know if William Eklund is going to make the team. He, sh- if he does, he's on the second line. Yes, I agree. If he does, he probably pushes Coonan down. Maybe, yeah. or do you push LeBanc down to the third line? I mean, LeBanc's making almost five. You, kind you of have, have to play. play you have to play him on the second line. Like, you have to like just yeah. make him worth the fucking contract. That terrible, terrible yeah. contract. If Eklund Thanks. does play, let's presume it's Eklund, Couture, LeBanc. Then your third line would likely be Lindblom, Benino, and Kunin, which doesn't sound that bad. And then a fourth line of a combination like Gregor, Viel, Sturm, and Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. not playoff caliber, but not like worst in the league caliber. And then if Bordalo makes the team, you wonder where he is. Here's the thing: it's like yeah. either either you bring up Eklund and Bordalo both, or you put them both in the AHL. I don't know. I honestly, I think Eklund's too good in in for for the AHL. Uh, depends. I it depends. We'll have to see him in preseason. See, well, we can't. Can you still do the what the, the trial, trial bullshit? Or whatever? Yes. Yeah, because he because yeah. he didn't do a full year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that's a fair point about the Sharks. They do have a lot of younger guys. Eklund had 14 points with one goal in 29 games last year for sure, Gord, in the SHL. So yeah. honestly, 14 points for an 18, 19, an 18, 19 year old isn't that bad. So I think for the Sharks, what we've learned is uh, they yeah, got Jer a lot Gordon of moving was, pieces, man. They yeah. weren't too good at least for half of the year, sure, Gordon. I cannot. I don't, say I don't remember I know how a damn they thing about how the SHL played out last season. <laughs> Not a no, damn thing. You. Um, Florida signed Michael Delzato to like league men, which honestly good for Florida. I don't think Delzato is like that bad. So that's a good player to pick up. Uh, and then Nate, the Habs brought back Rem Pitlick <laughs> two years, 1.1 million and Sam Montembeau for two years at 1 million to presumably be their third goalie. Maybe even the backup, depending on Carey Price's health. Okay. Talk about Pitlick. How did we get him from waivers? I don't know. I don't understand how. Only one point one million for that guy. Sign me sixteen of the, uh, sixteen of them, like right away. He's such a great player. Seeing him play, he goes into the corners. He has talent. He will be like good second slash third line, good middle six for one point one. My God, Yeet uh, Armia, Yeet Byron, like those are the prices these guys should make. And this guy with more points in half a year is making one point one now. So that's yeah, my pit, I mean that's for Pitlick, that's me. 
And 26 points in 49 games as a have last year. Yeah. So almost a pace for like 50 points for 1.1 million. Always. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also playing probably, probably play, playing on the PK is going to be great. Very great. I, I do like that contract a lot. I told you, I like what the Habs are doing as much as it hurts to say <laughs> a lot. It's not Bergevin. It's normal. It's not Bergevin. It's doing good. It's going That's well. I'm right mad. Now. He's gone, even though it was the right <laughs> move to make. <laughs> and Montembo, for me, Montembo is the is the backup. And Jake yeah. Allen is the starter. And Price is on the LTR. Price is never playing a game anymore. He's not mm. coming back. Not from his knees. I hope you're I, wrong. I know people think I'm lying, but I do hope you're wrong. I but. hope I'm right because that's a 10.5 million we can use. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. As harsh as it is. Yeah. Um, other uh, free agent news, just to quickly mention um, boys, we said on Friday would Nazem Kadri be signed by now? LOL. Um, he's <laughs> still out there. I, I don't understand. I don't understand that. Peter Baugh, I believe it is. Peter Bo, Peter Ba. Peterborough, have to be Ontario had this to say. Um, according to a league source, multiple teams are trying to clear space to attempt to sign Kadri. The center wants to be on a contender. He's ruled out teams not viewed as such. So, obviously, like last week, we talked about, like, oh, Arizona, Anaheim. Like, those are teams that technically have the money. But, again, I guess you, you could kind of lump those guys in there. Um, at this point, who the hell knows? I feel like every year, though, right, there's always that one high-end guy that holds on. And it's kind of there a week or two into it. I just hope there's some sort of, you know, decision made sometime soon. But man, in terms of other free agents like John Klingberg, he's still out there. Hasn't come to a deal with Dallas or anybody else. You have that secondary market, which I feel like is really being held up, especially for forwards. Kessel, Nita Ryder, Evan Rodriguez, Sonny Milano, Danton Heinen, Johan Larson, all of these guys. Super useful, like middle six players that haven't been signed. And then there's the Boston Bruins. Um who? who have who have not signed Patrice Bergeron? They have not brought back David Krejci. Pavel Zaka is going to arbitration, and David Pasternak is still a pending UFA after this upcoming season. And this will not be the only time that I mention David Pasternak on this show. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Calgary, but the Bruins' center depth right now, by the way, without Bergeron or Krejci, is listed as Coyle, Zaka, Noshek, and Oscar Steen. Nice, nice. That's a that's uh, a good good light. When the Santa, when the San Jose Sharks have better center depth, <laughs> Sin, tell me you wouldn't take the Shark center over who I just mentioned for the Bruins. You would, anybody? Well, no would. shit, because it's Hurdle and Couture. That's a legit <laughs> top six center combo. I know it's fucking awful. Oh god! All right, there you go. There's your there's your weekly me uh, being upset about the Bruins. <laughs> Last two things to talk about on this show, because again, hey, uh, this is why we moved to a weekly format, because boy, we, w- we would have been done already had we been doing Boring. two weeks ago. What's up? <laughs> the Pittsburgh Penguins did some things. First and foremost, they acquired defenseman Ty Smith and a 2023 third rounder for the New Jersey Devils in exchange for John Marino. As far as what this means for the Devils, good. Good thumbs up. John Marino, solid, like second pair defensive defenseman. Ty Smith, you know, former first round pick for them, but I got to be honest, they were really kind of rushing him into a situation that he should not have been in. Uh, no matter what numbers, analytics you look at, that is ba- my statements backed up by everything. 
Um, but for Pittsburgh, you get rid of some cap space and turned out to, to utilize it immediately. But you also acquire a guy who, hey, could probably go down to Wilkes-Barre-Scranton for a season, build his confidence back up, and then who knows if he's in the mix starting next year or the year after. So for New Jersey, good stuff with John Marino because that really really kind of bolsters the Devils' defense a little bit. Right now, the New Jersey Devils, obviously they signed Andre Pilat. They bring in Vitek Vanacek as the backup now. Their defense is Graves, Severson, Siegenthaler, Hamilton, Brendan Smith, John Marino. Honestly, not that bad. I, I really – I'm starting to look at the Devils, and they are going to complicate our playoff predictions come this fall because it's going to be a little bit tough for me to leave them out of the playoff mix in the Metro. It's uh, – yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting setup there. The other trade that the Penguins made involves Montreal, obviously. They acquired Jeff Petrie, who I believe I saw the stat set the record for most games played for a Canadian team by an American with like, like over 800. Weird, weird Probably. stat. They also acquired Ryan Paling in exchange for a defender Mike Matheson in a 2023 fourth-round pick. So That's Montreal, guaranteed to see Matt Paling to you, as I was told in 2017. Ryan Paling, that is. I'll correct you so they can't. Um, what did yeah, I say? No, I, you said Matt Paling. I don't, I don't know where you got Matt from, to be honest. Why the hell? How did I, how did I even get Matt? I don't know. <laughs> Who's that Basic guy? I don't know this guy. I don't know Matt Paling, but Ryan Paling, medium, elite, potential, or bust. Yeah. In fairness, they told me like they told me like high six man because he he came into that first game and got a hat trick. So Habs fans jumped oh my in God, my yeah. jumped in my Montreal Canadiens franchise moan said, "Nah, you gotta make Paling really good." I'm like, no. I mean, what? <laughs> I'm you like, I'll, franchise. I'll, I'll, I'll keep him medium six. Nate, how would you judge Sin's accent? <laughs> oh, that's good. I mean, okay. Paling, to be honest, Paling never broke, but. I had a breakthrough with us because he was always playing sheltered minute under defensive coach also. Hmm. Um, Michel, Terrien, goddamn yeah. old dude. The fossil. Uh, <laughs> the fossil. <laughs> yeah. Then you had the charm. Then you had Claude Julien, which hmm. is a great coach, but he's also a defensive mind. That's why. Bergeron oh, what's was that? So you mean Claude Julien won't help young offensive prospects develop? I, for one, I'm calling you a liar. <laughs> hey, and this is the part of the show where you just scroll through a list of Young's Bruins prospects that never made it during Claude Julien's time at Boston. There's a lot of them. Continue. Oh <laughs> but my yeah, god! But you get a Bergeron, Marshawn, and Preston like godly like, hmm. godlike. Because Bergeron was working well with the team, so yeah. get this. But for us, we need offense. We are a team that would need offense, and then you get a Dominic Ducharme, which went to the playoff, win everything, almost everything, out of nowhere, and then mm-hmm. shitted the fan. Coming to the next season, we lose Weber. We lose Edmondston. We lose half the team. We're playing half NHL, half NHL team. And Price is like, oh, fine, bye for a month. Come back. What's <laughs> sad. Okay. Like, we understand that. But still, everything went, went down south in like a couple of seconds. And Paling never had his chance. So oh. I really feel like Paling can get his chance with the Penguins. And 
will probably go do like middle six be great yeah and uh you had something you wanted to say um i was gonna say um i was had a really really shitty joke because dominique ducharme it's just domithic ducharme well, we have an episode title at least. Dummy, dummy thick, <laughs> dummy thick, <laughs> thick <laughs> Ducharme. Well, we have an episode title, so there you go. You, you never know. That's what my contribution is. Thank you. I'll be here all week. There you go. Um, so yeah, for Montreal too. I mean, you pick up Mike Matheson, who he's a bit of an enigma. Like when when Panthers fans saw that he was gone, they were overjoyed. But he did have a bit of a bounce back with Pittsburgh. So this is kind of, I think, the time in Montreal where it's like, okay, what actually is Mike Matheson? Like, are you actually good or, you know, are are Habs fans going to be overjoyed when your contract's up? I was like, who's Mike Matheson? Who did we trade for? (laughs) And I remember him playing on the Panthers and I was like, he's on the Penguins now? Mm. Oh, yeah, he's the fucking, he's the McDavid killer. I forgot about that. Yes. And the Elias yes. Pedersen yeah. injurer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just a so body he, he's just a body bag hunter. Like so, honestly. So, so you brown brown back at Chariot slash Weber earning slashing everyone? Nice. We need that for Montreal. <laughs> every 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 team needs someone who's just gonna slash everybody else. It's everybody gets one. There you go. So all in all, for Montreal, I don't hate it. I mean, it was obvious Jeff Petrie was gonna go. You move on from Ryan Paling, where it really wasn't going to work out, gets him a change of scenery, opens up space for the people. But then all in all for Pittsburgh, again, they walk away with Jeff Petrie, Ryan Paling, Ty Smith, and a third-round pick in exchange for Marino, Matheson, and a fourth. It's pretty good business, in my opinion. And especially, too, like all things considered for them, we talked about it before on the show, they're going for it in the twilight of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang's careers. Uh, I I respect what Hextall's doing. I mean, again, once the, once the wheels are finally off for Pittsburgh, they're probably going to be bad for a long time. Uh, whoever's in charge at that point, it's your job to make sure the wheels don't fall off as badly as they did once uh, Lemieux and Yager were gone, because that it was bad enough that the team almost moved to Kansas City. <laughs> I don't think that'll be a danger of, of happening again, but then again, John Henry and Fenway Sports Group did just buy the team, so maybe we'll get a second Bruins team. And Don Sweeney can be the GM of that one, too, and ruin my life. But, yeah, all things considered, Penguins fans, I think it should be pretty optimistic and pretty excited, uh, given the alternative was Latang and Malkin walking, and then it's Sidney Crosby and his band of merry men this season, which probably wouldn't go too far. <laughs> yeah. And then, boys, I, I was struggling to decide where to put this in the show, but I felt like, yeah. It's best to leave it for last. The Calgary Flames. Just saying that will bring up plenty of thoughts. I said on Twitter about a week ago when Johnny Goodrow uh, confirmed he was leaving. Which, by the way, the amount of salt from Alberta. uh, You can smell the salt in the air all the way uh, through most of the uh, continental United States. It's just carrying over so well. Just beautiful the salt from the media reporters newscasters just beautiful Sid Sixero we talked about on the show and I was very happy to to talk about <laughs> uh, and as well just to rub salt in the wounds Goodrow wasn't done with uh with just Flames fans he mentioned on Spit and Chicklets that uh he was actually talking to the New Jersey Devils and then Columbus called and that's where he wanted to go 
So, uh, Devils fans, there you go. Just have a have a have a man born in New Jersey just twist the knife about not wanting to go and play for the Devils. It's it's got to be a little bit rough. But the biggest news is no longer the fact that Johnny Goodrow has left the Calgary Flames for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Matthew Kachuk. Past 24 hours or so, the word was out there from a lot of reporters that he wouldn't sign and that a trade was potentially imminent. The Flames did qualify him for contract arbitration to try and bide more time. And then about an hour before we started recording today, it was confirmed. Matthew Kachuk will not sign long-term with the Calgary Flames. And indeed, a trade is imminent. I am uh, saying I'm struggling to remember a team falling off this hard this quickly. Uh, I know on Twitter people mentioned like the, the Buffalo Sabres when there was the exodus, I think, after the 07 season. I think Briere left, Vanek left, stuff like that. Um, this is this is going to be brutal, depending on the return. It's horrible. Um, they've been floundering, essentially, for years. Like, honestly, a decade plus. They've been rebuilding or shit. <laughs> They had that one series I remember a long time ago when Monaghan was still young and like they went and played the Ducks in like round one and got swept or something like that. I don't know. Like that was like their first playoff appearance in a while. And then they sucked after that. They finally get it together with, you know, Kachuk and some of these other guys. But they've just to to recap to recap them really quickly just on their playoff history. Um, 2009, 2010, they missed the playoffs after making it four years in a row following the 04 lockout. That was the start of a five-year dry spell. Mm-hmm. Second round, missed the playoffs. First round against the Ducks where they got swept. That was in 16-17. Yep. Missed the playoffs. First round loss to the Avs in five. First round loss to the Stars in six. Did not qualify. And then obviously lost to the Oilers in five in this postseason. Yeah. There and now they're it's like they they rebuilt and then but didn't. Like they tried they they retool slash rebuilt and Everyone's gone now. Like, Monhan's toast. Uh, Goodrow's gone. And now Kachuk wants out, and who the hell can blame him? Um, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. But that's just kind of an... I, and I'm... I don't know, man. Like, that's just so much crap at once. I feel like they really didn't... Like, at this point, you kind of wonder, like, how the hell did they mess up this hard on asset management? Yeah, because I mean, because we, we had talked about it on the show. Um, because, yeah, Endo joined the show, I forget when, like right around the start of the season. I can't remember mm-hmm. if the preseason stuff last year was just uh, was just DJ and I at that point. Um, but, you know, we had, the, the talk around Calgary was, oh, they're going to go for it instead of trading Goodrow, who's probably going to mm-hmm. leave at the end of the season. And then they have as good of a season as they did. And you think, well... Maybe that's enough. And then Goodrow leaves, and it's like, oh, no. And Yeah, what, what did they do at the deadline? I'm trying to remember. Uh, let me look up their cap-friendly trade history really quickly because I feel like I can remember. But at the same time, I don't even know when the trade deadline was. Was it in February, March, April? I don't yeah, fucking remember. I can't remember. That feels like a yeah. lifetime ago. Uh, so Calgary at, Calgary at the deadline. Uh, in the month of March, they picked up Michael McNiven from the uh, from the Habs for future considerations. Callie Yarncroke for mm, a second, yeah. third, and seventh round pick. That's of right. course, he he left. 
Yeah. Uh, they also flipped Michael McDevitt <laughs> to Ottawa. Uh, didn't notice that. Uh, they picked up Callie Croak and Ryan Carpenter in exchange for a second, third, fifth, yeah. and seventh in total. Uh, that's not that's, really going in all in hard enough. Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you let Giordano – well, you, you gave Giordano to Seattle. Uh, Johnny walks for nothing. You didn't go in hard enough. Like, yeah, you were having a great year, but look at like you got to look at what the teams that at least Florida went in hardcore, even though they they were ass against Tampa. At least yeah. they did the big things, right? They got Giroux. They all throughout the season were constant. I mean, they were stacked, man. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, I don't think Calgary went hard enough for it. Uh, <laughs> And now they're fucked. Like, you have to rebuild now. There's no other option. You cannot turn this around quickly. You lost Goudreau in his prime, and you lost Kachuk, who was your top five pick and approaching his prime, and he just legit doesn't want to sign. He's still RFA, so you get to get something back for him, but it's time to jumpstart that rebuild. Like, like get try to, like, you have to get a pretty damn good package back for him right now. Yeah. And I know the memes are going to be funny, like if somehow Vegas gets him and then completely has to destroy their team to do it. But if I'm them, you know, I don't take anything that's not multiple first and, and prospects like because it's fucking Matthew Kachuk, who's 24. Yeah, he turns 25 in December. Yeah. Endo. This whole situation is super. I mean, I haven't had anything like this happen during the duration that I've been watching sports. I don't think any of us else have had this ever happen where it's like a team just completely falls apart like this, this fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting uh, getting uh, Kyle Youngcroft from uh, from them as a lead fan, it's like, oh, sweet, perfect. But then you look at what's going on over there, and that organization must be just at a giant shit show because obviously you lose Goudreau. You, you potentially lose Kachuk, but yet you can get something in return, which is like a bonus. But at the same time, you're losing basically two players, like you said, that are there. They're, they're who you want to build your franchise around, like two to three guys. And now they're basically gone saying, see you later, smell you later. I think the sign that something, something was wrong was when Sam Bennett left and went to Florida. Yeah. There's something now that you look at it that way, there's something like you can see something was going wrong that a guy at his caliber of a play didn't want to stay in Calgary. Well, he wasn't that good at the time. That man That's was true. like a 4C. He like he was playing fourth line for Calgary. He was the yeah. guy who mm-hmm. ran around and concussed people. Like fair. Yeah. And now look what he did over in Florida. Like he's he's doing really well, Yeah, sure. Well but like, yeah, he wasn't good in Calgary, really. Yeah. That's true. Um yeah, it's it's just interesting because you look at this, and obviously, like right now, we don't really know the teams that are in play for Matthew Kachuk, but we do know that Matthew Kachuk essentially uh, holds the cards on the teams that the Flames can negotiate with, and the value from there and what they get in return is dependent on how much those teams really want him. Um, because again, Kachuk right now is an RFA. He, you're not going to trade him to a team where he won't commit to signing that eight-year extension. There's nobody that's going to be like, oh, yeah, we'll trade for Matthew Kachuk, and then he'll sign a two-year bridge deal until he's a UFA, and then he'll walk. No one's going to do that. In theory, maybe somebody will. Maybe someone thinks they're that close to a cup that, yeah, let's do it. We have a two-year window. Let's go for it. Maybe that does happen. But more than likely, it is down to a team 
that would be able to get him to sign that eight-year deal. So already you're probably talking about a super limited sample size. And then it's the idea, like I said, of what do they get for a return? A lot of people are making a comparison to um, to Jack Eichel. Not in the sense that there's an injury concern, mm-hmm. but in the concern of just where can you know what can you get for this guy? And it turns out Saber's got a you know Saber's got a pretty damn good return, as mm-hmm. it turned out. So that certainly changed my opinion a little bit on what Calgary might be able to get despite the fact that everyone knows that Kachuk's want, you know, that he wants out because in theory, oh, this guy wants to leave. Oh, well, then we're not going to give up that much. We, we shouldn't have to type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, how this looks for Calgary on the other side of it really is dependent on what they do with this trade because this, I mean, right now, uh, forgotten, by the way, is the fact that Andrew Mangiapane is also an RFA at 26 oh years old coming off of a 55.35 goal season. Um, what happens with a guy like that? Their highest paid forwards right now. Any guesses of the uh, three to five highest paid forwards on the Calgary Flames, gentlemen? Lindholm, Monahan, Coleman, Lucic. Oh yeah, Lucic is still there. Yeah, it's, oh, it's yeah. gotta be. Forget the yeah. money. <laughs> it's the gotta be Lucic that... then. Yeah. So in terms of money, it is Monahan at six point three seven five for one more year. He might be LTIR. Mikhail Backlund, five point oh, yeah. three five for two more years. Oh my god! Forgot about him. Lucic Wait, was Lindholm on... not up there? Uh he is. But dude, Lindholm's on a steal. Lucic at five two five for one more year. Blake Coleman at four point nine for five more years. And then Lindholm, two years at four point eight five million, which is just how the hell is he only making that much? Oh my goodness! It's a steal, dude. That's what they signed him to after the the Hannafin trade, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. Yeah, he had uh, eighty two points in eighty two games last year with forty two yep. goals. <laughs> I was like, whoa! I thought he's at least making around near six. That's crazy. Yeah, Blake Coleman right now is the guy on the longest contract with the team. Uh, you have Rasmus Anderson and Jake Markstrom on four-year deals each, so they're not locked in oh, yeah, to Markstrom. like, oh, here's our star at seven or eight million. Like they're not locked into too many brutal contracts. They should be able to turn this around. I honestly don't even think they have that bad of a prospect pool, um, particularly at forward. Uh, they have guys like uh, Matthias Emilio Pedersen who played in the NCAA and fucking killed it. That doesn't always translate though. Uh, Jacob Pelletier, Connor Zari, like they do have some pieces to work with. They got Dustin Wolf and goal. Uh, no more high Corey end though. Defense. What's like, the high end? Who's their elite? D- depends on your definition of elite. I don't know if I'd put any of those guys in an elite category though, to your point. Yeah. yeah. You know who their elite guy is? Matthew Kachuk. And they're about to trade him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. That's, that's my actual point. Like he's the, he's the last <laughs> elite player that they have. He and Goudreau were the elites on that team. Yeah. Uh, Markstrom at times uh, until the playoffs. Uh, yeah. So all in all, um, I, we just wait to see. And by this time next week, uh, when we have our show, which should be next Tuesday or Thursday, we still got to kind of clarify that. Um, we should know who Matthew Kachuk's playing for. And it's funny because a lot of people are like, well, will they go after Nazem Kadri now? You think Nazem Kadri is going to want to play in Calgary? Without Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Kutrow, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Like, unless he truly does just want the payday, which apparently he doesn't, based off of what we mentioned earlier. So, 
Flames fans, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But like I said, they were going to regret losing to Edmonton, and uh, they're regretting it worse than I think any of us thought they would because this is this this is this is bad, man. Like genuinely, uh, we'll we'll leave it at this. In terms of the standings next season. Where do you place them in the Pacific? A reminder, they won the Pacific Division this season. That division also includes Edmonton, 100% finishing above Calgary. And actually, here, speak up if you think Calgary will be better than any of these teams. Edmonton. Los Angeles. Vegas. Vancouver. Just, just well, of course, Sin thinks so. <laughs> yes. I was waiting for that. You almost disappointed me. <laughs> Vancouver. Uh, San Jose. Yes. I think you yeah. got to be better in San Jose. Sorry, Sin. I yeah. think so, too. Fuck you apologizing for me for, dude. You know who's coming <laughs> up? In this, you know who's up in this next draft? I hope we tank. Right. Well, I mean, you're already in the shark tank. So. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I got him. Are they, no. Can you 100% say that they're going to be better than Anaheim? No. I mean, it kind of depends on what happens with their other players. Like Mangiapane, if he's gone too, like yeah. if they start tearing it down, they should be the worst team, but who knows? And then Seattle. They might be. Seattle's still pretty mm. shit, dude. We're having to hand out mites for San Jose, Anaheim, and Seattle. Calgary's not making the playoffs next year. Not a hope in hell. Yeah. Like, so yeah, you might as well just see, like, oh shit, what can. <laughs> Retain fifty percent. Retain fifty percent on Lucic and get a sixth rounder for him. Like do whatever. Like go full NHL franchise mode teardown. I would because like trade Lindholm because he's on a fantastic deal. Like you could get good returns. Yeah. Yeah. Just Again, go, go, go Arizona. First. Go Arizona on your picks. Like straight up for the next like three years. Just have a buttload of picks. I do wonder though. Unfortunately for Calgary, I think they're a little bit screwed. For the sole purpose, how likely are teams to want to give up high draft picks for this upcoming draft? I think this is the worst time that a team could like possibly end up wanting to go full fire sale mode. Because, yeah, everyone knows this is shaping up to be an amazing draft. So who's going to want to give up those picks for... like? Elias Lindholm is 100% worth a first-round pick. How likely is a team willing to do that right now? Calgary's frankly boned here. Like, I if, if I was Calgary, I'd be trying my heart out to trade with Ottawa. Um, I think they have the highest. Here's, here's why. They have the highest. Like, it'd be the, the crazy good story of, you know, the Kachuk brothers being reunited. Yeah, and you make them trade you a fucking first at a time where they're in such a stacked division, they could end up missing the playoffs and having that mm. pick be a lottery pick. I like it. I do like it. That's what I would do. Like, just you know, <laughs> try. That's what I would do in franchise mode, and I have done, and it's worked. <laughs> could you fucking imagine? I'm not sure what the combination would be. But right now, Ottawa's lines, again, are Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Claude Giroux, Debrinkit, Stutzla, Batherson. And then you add Matthew Kachuk well, to that and drop we'll see about Batherson. Who do, you, who do you drop down? Try to get Batherson the fuck out of there because he's involved in the thing. Ooh, mm, boy, what Ooh. if he was, yeah. 
Yeah, he was on that team at least. We don't know for sure if he was involved, right? But I saw the latest list. He was inclu- he was included on it. Yeah, I mean it's that. Yeah, fuck. Who knows, Nate? What's up? <laughs> or you make you make Claude Giroux play second line center. Oh, that's a good get, idea. And then you make the 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 Kachuk brothers on the first line with Norris, Giroux on the second line with the Brinkat and Drake Batterson. That's a solid six top six. And then for the rest, they have 11.6 million in the cap space. They have the space to get catcher. They do too, don't they? They do. They do too. I want, I want this to happen. This is a Cinderella story right, right there. Yeah. And it, it makes sense for both sides. Otto at this point have said, we're honestly probably done with the rebuild. Like, look at the moves they've made. Mm-hmm. To bring it is, you know, crazy good. You still have Stutzla. And Norris down the middle, like yeah, yeah, Giroux could play middle. He could play wing. It's they and honestly, yeah, they can get Giroux. You should trade your first this year. Yeah, if you Boy, want a hope of making the playoffs, you have to. All of this sounds great, but I hate to tell you, there's only one natural conclusion to the Matthew Kachuk trade. Montreal for Kotkaniemi. You're close. <laughs> <laughs> And Ryan Paling, medium elite Ryan Paling. <laughs> oh my um, god! Edit the roster a, three. <laughs> there's a team that has an incredibly high skilled goal scoring forward. I swear to is, God, I know where this is going. That is a UFA at the end of this upcoming season. Pasternak. Yeah. You cannot convince me that Matthew Kachuk is not going to be traded for David Pasternak. Don Why? Sweeney has yet to hand David Posternock that money. But you know who fits the team, the system, the culture? Oh. Not oh, okay. this random fucking check who won't check. What kind of bullshit is that? <laughs> oh, I've got fucking bullshit. There's a check. I want fucking hip check. No. They're going to bring in Matthew Kachuk who will hit anything in front of him. He hip-checked an old lady shopping for fucking flour the other day. I saw it happen with my own eyes. He's a man. That's the type of man Don Sweeney will give eight years, $10 million to. David Posternock, get that shit out of here. I don't want it. I didn't draft him. He was a 2014 draft. 2015, I wouldn't have taken David Posternock 25th overall. I would have taken Nikita Sherbach, who went after him. Now that's a player. Um... Fuck, man. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, boys, if you had to guess right now, with all sincerity, to end this show, and again, Nate, a huge thank you for you being here as well. This was a really good time, and I'm glad we could finally make this work. And again, thank you so much for the, for the charitable side of things. Um, and of course, as always, we'll mention Endo Mills, twitch.tv forward slash Endo Mills. Editing videos for me. Gretzky 06 coming soon, finally. Yes. As he and I kind of get our shit back on track here, finally. And yes. Sin at Sin for the Win Productions on YouTube. Sin, what do you got going on right now on YouTube, by the way? Uh, I'm going to be launching a new series on Friday with the Washington Capitals. Trade over. Take that, take that ro- retirement home to one more cup, hopefully. There you go. <laughs> to end the show. Five. <laughs> we'll go one by one. We'll start off with Endo. By this time next week, when we do our show, who will Matthew Kachuk play for? Your your sincere guess on where you think he'll be traded? 
<laughs> okay, I'm not gonna say my meme answer because I think we no, all say your meme, meme answer, answer too. Fuck it. No, no, I'm not gonna do. It. I'm not gonna do. It. I'm not gonna do it. Um, St. Louis for like Jordan Cairo and like a second. I would take that deal if I was Calgary. By the way, Jordan Cairo is incredibly underrated. Nate, if you had to pick a landing spot for Matthew Kachuk, hmm, I'll go for the Preds. Oh, hmm. I've seen you know? it everywhere. They have a couple teams. Preds seems likely, right? They have the space. We still have the space. 8.4 million. Sign him for 8 million. Fine. They have the spots for him on the second line. You bump Eli Tolvin and uh, back a spot, but you're you're still fine. And then you're ready for the next cup next year. Unless you get unless you get hurt. And yes, and then everything goes to, to bed. But yeah. Nashville is a really good shout. Again, last episode, I was calling for uh, them to go after Patrick Line, but Matthew Kachuk would be a good shout. Sinski, where's Matthew Kachuk playing? And does Nazem Kadri sign by the next show? <laughs> Should ask that again so we can be wrong. God. Yeah, probably not. Nazem seems like he's really, I mean, with his demands, and we know he's going to want money too. Like, he, he had such a small list of teams that could do that, and they'd still need to free up space. And now this Kachuk situation even puts a lot more. Like there's a lot, yeah, it's just like a lot more teams are interested in, in that now. Um honestly Kachuk is gonna probably somehow end up in Vegas. And they're gonna trade the the, <sighs> the stupid shit. I will I want him to go to Ottawa, but he did mention Vegas being one of the places he'd sign for long term. So Vegas will sign him for long term and then trade him for peanuts in three years. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We want that in franchise, Doogie. It's going to happen, I promise. And my honest, most sincere answer is the Boston Bruins. I genuinely, I'm not trolling. I genuinely think with all of my heart, David Posternock is going to be a Calgary flame. By They're going to have to have deals in place, though. Like, you have, like you can't, especially for Calgary's sake, he's a UFA. <laughs> and this is this is much less about Matthew Kachuk and more so about my complete detest for Don Sweeney at this point. Oh. <laughs> oh, that man's goal in life is to make me miserable. And you are succeeding. Fucking do something, Don! Thank you all for listening and or watching. Nate, you'll get the final word. Kind of. What's up? Uh- <laughs> I'm guessing Pasternak for Ketchuk and Lucic. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the show. <laughs> Manscaped.com, Code Tuggy. We'll see you next week. Except for Nate. He's going to be found dead somewhere. <laughs> Goodbye. <everybody>. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait. <laughs>